Hi, everyone, and welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bill Almalk, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I am absolutely fantastic. How are you, Bill? I'm doing great as well, Trenton. I got one question for you, though. When are you not doing fantastic? Seems like every time I talk to you, you're doing fantastic, which, by the way, is a good thing. Just to add. I, only time that I'm not fantastic is when I'm not fantastic. That is a good answer. <laughs> Got to bring some positivity, you know? We need that in our lives, especially with everything that has been going on in the world and with related to uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the coronavirus, that's going to be our first headline to cover for today. So between September 20th to September 26th, there were only two positive tests among players and four new confirmed positives among other personnel. From the 27th to October 3rd, there were 11 confirmed tests among players, 15 confirmed among other personnel. So from August 1st to October 3rd, there were more than 370,000 tests administered to players and personnel. So that's a, that's a pretty sizable testing that the NFL is putting on right now. I agree. And uh, it's a good thing that the league is taking this thing so seriously. We've mentioned this in prior episodes. Like, this is a real thing. This coronavirus is not going away anytime soon. And if you want to keep playing football, the number one thing that you have to do is test every day and test everyone. And so it's a good thing that um, everyone is taking this thing so seriously. Yeah. And the alternative is not good. Yeah, and the uh, the NFL has also been getting stricter and stricter on restrictions as well. Uh, I believe on Monday, the NFL had a mandatory call for all the head coaches and, and general managers. I know Bill Belichick was not happy to be called into this because he was busy preparing for the, the Monday night game, Patriots and Chiefs, and... Hey, he was double masked though in that game. He yeah, was, he, <laughs> had a, he had a regular mask and then he had another mask on top of that. So I mean, he took it seriously. Yeah, he was he was not going to get fined. And uh, on Tuesday, the NFL put out more COVID nineteen protocols. So now the team has to identify at least three tier one staff members as mask compliance officers and they will be responsible for policing mask use within the club facility and during travel and tier one members include players coaches athletic trainers team physicians strength and conditioning coaches equipment managers and all other essential personnel also clubs have to maintain copies of video surveillance of their facilities and practice areas for 30 days to allow the nfl to review footage if necessary following an outbreak. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. That's, that's great contract tracing, especially since they already have like those wristbands where they, they track the players' locations and who they're near. So uh, yeah, the NFL is really taking this seriously. However, there is one team right now that is not doing well in terms of COVID-19 and that is, the Tennessee Titans, would you like to bring us in? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, 
just based off of all the things you just mentioned, these are new policies that just came in and they basically only tightened the restrictions because of the outbreak that has led in Tennessee. Last week we recorded our show and we still hadn't known yet what the status of the Steelers-Titans game would be at the time. But then we found out later in the week that the game will be switched to a later week and uh, this past week would be considered to be their bye week. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, first of all, let's backtrack here for a second. Positive cases in the NFL were always going to happen. There was no way. I mean, we did a great job preventing it. I mean, the numbers that you just read earlier were are fantastic. But they were going to happen, and you had to deal with them. But there's something happening with the Titans team right now that is out of control. 22 players and staff members have tested positive for COVID-19. And this is the most any team has had. And it makes you wonder, like, what is going wrong with them? And we find out that this past week they met up, the team met up, at least members of the team met up at, at some local school to practice. It makes you wonder, why? Why would you, why? Your team is the, in the worst position right now in the NFL in terms of the amount of cases, and you are still meeting up in person to practice. It, it's mind-boggling, and I don't know why this would it, – It's I feel bad for the Steelers now because yeah. they had to give up their game. and Especially – with, um, you know, bye weeks are a big deal in the NFL. You're playing an entire season. You you want that that break in between. And the Steelers had to give up their bye week, didn't they, in order to to reschedule in order to play the the Titans. So exactly. that's yeah, that's that's rough for them, especially being in the in the division that they are. They're with the Ravens, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. So AFC North. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a fun division to be in, and uh, to lose to lose your bye week to the Titans because of that. You know, the Titans, like you mentioned, they had over twenty positive cases, and I believe eleven or so of them were players. Eleven out of a fifty-three man roster. That's that's a fifth of their team. <laughs> I mean, if it happened, it happens, okay? You have to deal with it. But just the fact that they didn't stay home and they went to practice is what is getting me um, so annoyed right now about this situation. There's going to be some punishment that goes through with it and what this punishment may, may may be. We don't know yet, but it better be severe enough that it sends a message to every other team in the league that you just stay home if you have an outbreak or if the player has a situation, just stay home. There's, we don't need this to happen right now. It's a bad for the image. It's bad for everything. Do you think that punishment could be uh, fines or maybe forfeiting games or forfeiting draft picks? What do you think would be the most severe punishments. Well, I mean, they did mention, I think, 
in the restrictions you just laid out, part of the uh, a letter that Goodell, I think, sent out to teams, I'll read, I'll read a paragraph from it. Um, it says, uh, protocol violations that result in virus spread requiring adjustments to the schedule or otherwise impacting other teams will result in additional financial and competitive discipline, including the adjustment or loss of draft choices or even the forfeit of a game. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to the Titans. I'm not in charge. But if this thing gets out of hand and they don't take responsibility and they don't take charge, I could easily see them losing a first-round draft pick. Or, in my view, forfeiting a game is worse than a draft pick. Because people trade away draft picks all the time. But if you lose a game, no. That's the worst that can happen. Do I see it happening? No, not honestly. No, I don't. But that could be just the threat of that should keep people away. And um, speaking of the Steelers, I think this uh, Ben Roethlisberger I think was talking today, or roughly around today's time, and he basically said we got the short end of the stick when it came to the Titans, be, the game being rescheduled. Yeah, because they were not planning on this bye week. And I heard people saying, yeah, I get this, but it's a pandemic. You should take it easy on them, kind of. But this was all before the Titans, the news of the Titans practicing separately came out. Now, I'm 100% with him. Like They got affected by it. It's um, it's a lesson to learn. Stay home, wear a mask, socially distant, please, for everyone's sake. Yeah, that's a very good point. Continuing on with coronavirus news, the Patriots had their game a little derailed by the positive test of Cam Newton, and that pushed the Patriots-Chiefs game that was supposed to be on Sunday to... Monday night instead. Uh, so the Patriots were without their starting quarterback, which was a little bit of a, a rough deal for them. We'll go into that a little bit later. But now after the game as well, the starting cornerback for the Patriots, Stefan Gilmore, has also tested positive. So we will uh, we'll see how that continues to go. Yeah, so the Patriots facility is now closed for Wednesday and Thursday, but yesterday and today. Um, and the Chiefs are going to be have to wear PPE during practicing. By their, their players going to have to wear it, which, um, uh, it, I mean, it's going to happen. And you, it just matters on how you deal with the situation. Like the Patriots, they adjusted well, I believe, for the most part. Um, the game got moved to Monday. They took two separate flights. Um, one flight had people who were in relatively close contact with Cam Newton. You know, the team, the other plane carried the rest of the team. They left on Monday morning and they came back Monday night to the from new to new, uh, back to New England, it's just adjustments people are going to have to make. 
I mean, the big adjustment that everyone's had to make was that there are no fans in the stands for most teams. I think that's gone by pretty well. So it's uh, it's an evolution that we're just going to have to keep learning from. So in other news, Bill O'Brien has been fired by the Houston Texans. Of course, Bill O'Brien is their head coach and their general manager, kind of like trying to play the Bill Belichick role, but not doing it very well. Apparently not, because they went 0-4 to start the season. And I'm honestly – how do you put this? I am – I'm shocked, but not surprised. That's the right way to say it. I mean, who knows? They could have started to come back and they could have won five games in a row and by week nine been five and four. I mean, okay, there's a chance. But you paid your quarterback such top money. You traded away your top wide receiver. You probably should have let him stay through the whole year at least and just see where this whole experiment ended up. But, I mean, they decided to go another direction. And um, But they got a good replacement in there right now with uh, Romeo Cornell. I mean, he's been around the block pretty – he's been around a lot. I remember him mainly from his time as a – a defensive coordinator from the Chiefs back in 2011-ish time frame, roughly. But uh, And he was also, he's been the Texans defensive coordinator for, for a long time as well, so I mean, we're going to see where it goes. Texans season is really spinning out of control right now, even though it's just been four weeks and it's the NFL, anything can happen, but I it's just going to be interesting to see where it goes. And doesn't yeah. look like the relationship with players was that good. Yeah, especially uh, with the report that leading up to week three, Bill O'Brien got into a heated exchange with J.J. Watt and uh, one of the other coaches, Anthony Weaver, during practice. And, uh, you know, when you when you get into an argument with one of the other coaches and your your star player – during a practice that's so so public for the team, you're you're gonna get backlash, you know. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And uh, as as the head coach, you are the face of the team. And if if the rest of the team doesn't see you as that that face of the team, then you know you're gonna you're gonna lose the locker room. Exactly. I was about to mention that a lot of the reports coming out this past week saying that uh, any player reporters have been talking to have said that he basically did lose control of the team. It's like when you lose control of the team, it's, there's no going back. It's like a Mark Trestman 2014 bear situation. I mean, he lost control of that team way early on. I mean, it's, uh, you don't want to be in that situation. And usually when you are in that situation, you aren't there for long yeah, and it it really doesn't help that he's the guy who traded away DeAndre Hopkins because, you know, when, when he traded away DeAndre Hopkins, the rest of the team takes notice and they're like, you know, if he, was, next? if he traded him away, yeah, am I next? Exactly. 
And uh, but for the first game of the season, though, that trade looked like it paid off, but um, apparently not. Yeah, it's just so surreal to me that just a season ago, the Texans were, you know, this this high flying offense. They're in the playoffs, and then now this, you know, they're zero and four, and Bill O'Brien's gone. And they paid their quarterbacks a ton of money. Which, I mean, he basically did. He, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback at all. He deserves the money. But just to see where you go from where you were so high up and now how far you have fallen. And especially in general, they're playing in the AFC, which is not as competitive as the NFC is. I mean, you have the Chiefs, you do have the Ravens, but then who else do you really have competitive-wise? In there, um, even in within your own division, you got the Colts. You have the Texans. Obviously, you have. Now I'm drawing a blank here. Who else is in the rest of the AFC South? Uh, the the Jaguars? Jaguars are in the AFC mm-hmm. South, and the Titans. So, it's not really that tough of a division to win, which the Texans have been usually been winning the division as of recent years but uh, and he also went I believe he went two and four in the playoffs as a head coach Bill O'Brien did so he didn't pick that up from Bill Belichick (laughs) yeah um, yeah you mentioned Deshaun Watson getting that big contract but he hasn't been playing as well as I remember him playing at least to start the season. But speaking of other quarterbacks who haven't been playing very well, Sam Darnold of the Jets, he's been having a miserable time, and now he's out with a shoulder injury. So say hello to good old veteran Joe Flacco suiting up to start against the Cardinals. Super Bowl MVP, Joe Flacco. (laughs) Super Bowl MVP, but questionable elite quarterback. And no, we're not going that far there, Trent. He's not an elite <laughs> quarterback. He's a very good quarterback, but elite quarterbacks don't get benched. They don't go to one team and then they play poorly there. In his case, he went to Denver. And then he goes to New York, and then he's the backup there. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. I think the Jets are probably in a much better position now. But the Jets are still the Jets. So, um, I mean, according to what Adam Gase was saying is that Sam Darnold is in a lot of pain. And I, I mean, I saw it. We saw the game last week, last Thursday. He played decently well. But they did still lose, they still, did still lose the game, the Broncos, in the end. And he couldn't. He couldn't produce the way he had to, but then again, he hasn't been able to produce his whole career so far. I mean, not to write him off yet because he's been through injuries and stuff, but maybe this is a spark the Jets need. They bring in Flacco after a, uh, they just bring him in and he provides a spark that uh, usually happens in these type of situations. Hopefully the Jets are going to be able to win a game one of these weeks and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Sam Darnold. He's been out with injuries last year. He also had uh mono and mm-hmm. throughout his career, 
he's also been through Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been hurt. He had a foot in, sprained foot in 2018, missed three games then, and Mono in 2019 with three games then. And he's probably going to be out one or two games with his shoulder injury. And they said he was in a lot of pain. So, I mean, I know injury. I've been hurt before. I Pain is nothing fun to be in. And especially when your livelihood depends on you being able to be at 100%. You're not doing yourself or your team any favors, but they have a capable player in there with Joe Flacco. So I'm not – I mean, the Jets are still the Jets, but it's not like something to panic about in based off of a regular situation for that team. Yeah, and uh, speaking of another quarterback who is – going to be out Dwayne Haskins for the Washington football team has been benched and Kyle Allen will start against the Rams with Alex Smith being the number two quarterback behind him what are your thoughts on this I mean this is interesting I mean again I think the Washington football team is in an interesting position Um, I'm going to read you here what um Ron Rivera said, I mean, he's basically like if someone was 4-0 or 3-1, there's – he's basically talking about the records of the division. I mean, that division is so bad right now. I think they maybe have a combined winning – wins maybe three. I think it's like 3-12-1, something like that, uh, are the wins in that division. So it's literally the Philadelphia Eagles are 1-2-1, and and they're the number one team in that division. So no team is out of it. Like, no team has ever been out of the NFC East, nicknamed the NFC Least. But this, uh, again, we're talking about Sparks and quarterback position. Adding in Kyle Allen may have – may provide that boost. Do we know – how much do we know about Kyle Allen? Not much, honestly, because he played last year, but then he – I don't think he played that well either. Yeah, he he started off really hot, and then he started throwing interceptions and getting a lot of strip sacks. So we don't, we don't really know what to expect from him. I mean, the Washington football team are only one in three, so, again, they're not out of the divisional race. But uh, one – the news that I liked from it – a lot though was that Alex Smith is going to be the backup quarterback. And I know you mentioned earlier when we just in just casual conversations that we've had is that you would have wished he would have been the number one, but I like where he's at at number two because um, he's finally there. Like he's been active for the game. Like usually he's not the first four games of the year. He was inactive. So because Kyle Allen was the backup but it, it just it's another step in his recovery. Now, do we ever see him hit the field? I don't know. Would I like to see him hit the field? Yes, because it just it's the comeback story that I've been waiting, that I've been following, and that I've enjoyed. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where everything lands. It's a, the NFL is an interesting place. Yeah. Um, when Alex Smith was chatting in this uh... – off season and Ben Roethlisberger as well because he was also injured. They both said that they felt great, they were ready to play football again, but that you know the the number one test for them would be how they feel after their first hit 
uh, coming back into the game. So Ben Roethlisberger has taken a lot of hits now, now that he's back starting. And, you know, maybe we'll see when Alex Smith gets back on the field and, and takes a sack. I got a, got a question for you, though. Uh, do you think that they rushed into this whole thing with this decision with Dwayne Haskins? I honestly, I think so. The guys um, only started eleven games. Yeah. Know? the The whole thing about Dwayne Haskins, of course, that Ron Rivera also was constantly talking about this off season, is that Dwayne Haskins would really benefit from uh, OTAs and training camp and preseason. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins did not have that this season and really couldn't get adjusted to the offensive system, he he kind of feels like the same player that he was last year. And, you know, he has the potential to grow. He just hasn't had the time or the opportunity to be able to. I mean, that's the kind of the reality we live in, though, with the NFL is you have to produce now. You're not producing, you won't be there. Just give it to look at our own situation here with Trubisky. The team was three and zero, but uh, or two and zero at the time. But two and zero, he didn't really play to their level that they wanted to, and replaced him with Nick Foles. I mean, uh, Kyle Allen last year. We we're talking about how he didn't have that great of a start. I mean, the team started; they won the first four games that he played. But then they go one and seven the rest of the year for a record of five and seven as a quarterback in twelve games. I don't know it's gonna be interesting to follow. It's just one of many storylines that um, are gonna to need to be followed. And that leads us into one of the uh, core segments that we've established basically, which is analyze the NFL.com power rankings. I mean, obviously some of the um the rankings are surprising. Some of them are not. Uh, let's run through the top 10 and then let's talk about them. Number one, the Chiefs. Last week they were number one as well. Packers stay steady at number two. Ravens stay steady at three. Bills moved up two spots from six to four. The Steelers moved down one spot from number four to number five. And the Seahawks moved down a spot, even though they won, a game, they won their game, they're undefeated. They moved down a spot from five to six. And the Titans are steady at number seven, and the Bucks moved up two spots to number eight from number, from number 10. The Rams remain steady at nine, and the Patriots moved down two spots to number 10. So the top 10, as it has been, has stayed steady predominantly as it had um, throughout the season. And the big jump that I just noticed, that I noticed looking at all these, is the Panthers. They moved nine spots from 24 to 15. And I'm going to close off with the Bears, who to no surprise we'll get into this later honestly we dropped six spots from number 16 to 22 and the last place team is still the new york jets thoughts yeah uh 
like you mentioned, top 10 staying pretty steady. Uh, I, I like the Chiefs at number one. That definitely makes sense. Packers at number two. That also makes sense. Ravens at number three. That's, that's interesting because, I don't know, the Ravens are a really good team against everybody except for the Chiefs, apparently. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if number three is, is right for the Ravens. The Bills, though, the Bills look fantastic. Um, the Seahawks, I think, are a little lower than they should be. But, of course, this top ten is absolutely loaded in powerful teams. And I'm also happy to see the Patriots up there. They only dropped two spots, uh, even though they, they lost that game to the Chiefs. But, yeah, I think that's a good spot. How about you, Bilal? I mean, it is what we expected, usually. Um, I usually like, now that we basically see the top teams are staying steady, I like to branch off and go into the next tier of teams. And the one thing that he's, I mean, caught my eye was, um, which team was it? It was the the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers, nine spots. It's a huge jump. I don't usually don't see a team moving up nine spots in a, in a power ranking, but, um, especially without Christian McCaffrey, mm -hmm. it, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is I uh, seem to be making his strides now and he I think he'll be continuing to improve but uh, there was what about the no let's just save this we'll save that for the next segment here because I was about to uh anyway let's just go into it then because I was about to ask you about the Cowboys all right sure so uh game the Cowboys and the Browns the game <laughs> surprised Everyone, honestly, at least me speaking for myself, did it surprise you? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a an unexpected shootout kind of game. Um, wow, you know, it's not it's not often where you see the Cleveland Browns scoring forty nine points in a game. <laughs> yeah, at one point they were leading forty one to twenty two. And then they, I mean, it's taking a moment to think about this, honestly. The Browns, the amount of fun that I poked, poked fun at them last week, they, not that they heard it because I don't think they listened to our show, but it, uh, that, that, that uh, run by Odell Beckham Jr. at the end of that game, that really sealed it up. That was um, crazy. They, they had him for a loss. They absolutely had him for a loss. And then he made magic. They – okay, the, the Cowboys are putting up, like, especially Dak Prescott in particular, are putting up sensational amount of stats. But why are they putting up that many stats? Let me tell you. It's because their team is always behind. They have allowed 146 points through four games – most in the Cowboys franchise history. And I think what this is like the, maybe the 60th year of the Cowboys, someone in that range, 146 points, you're not going to win games, which they aren't. They're one in three. But why is Dak 
throwing like 470 some yards a game because he's behind and he has to win do a shootout with Baker Mayfield of all people. Yeah, and uh not just Baker Mayfield, but all of the all the all of the people on the Browns who had carries in this game. I mean, the Browns are are pretty loaded at running back and to have like Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham Jr. also carrying the ball is insane. I mean, not even um, running back too. I mean, the run Odell did was about for 50, went for about 50 yards. And think about this though, in this game, the Cowboys went on a 24 to zero run. So that means they scored 24 points while the Browns scored zero in a certain amount of time. When they still and they still lost the game. Imagine yeah. being Jerry Jones right now. <laughs> I mean, and the game was at home, and they had <laughs> they had fans. I uh, I remember seeing the highlight again of Odo Beckham Jr. pulling off that crazy run, and the stadium just kind of goes silent after that because they can't believe it. They can't believe it at all. Like the Cowboys had him trapped behind the line of scrimmage, like ten yards back. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And the game was winnable at that point. I believe what was it, forty-one to thirty-eight, roughly at that point. Yeah, 48, 41 to thirty-eight. But then you score that one touchdown, and it's like, yeah, game's over. It, you go from needing just a field goal to tie the game to needing another a field goal. And touchdown and like it doesn't work that way. It's not going to. Three hundred and seven yards on the ground by Cleveland. Three touchdowns, three hundred and seven yards, forty carries, uh just among the entire team. Well that's a recipe for disaster. You wanna in uh if you go to anyone we we'll go five years down the road, we we'll show that stat line to someone, be like and it, turns out that they lost the game the person's gonna be like yeah of course they lost the game yeah but, uh um, Dak Prescott had a 502 yards passing <laughs> which is which is also insane again so because they were down and we're all about big stat numbers and all this stuff but you don't need it like if they had like 500 yards passing and like a hundred yards rushing and they were up by 30 points at halftime. Then that all makes, that's a fun combination. But when you lose a game that badly to the Cleveland Browns, it's, it's a, it's heartbreaking. Going to the Browns, are these the Browns though that we're used to, that we have been used to, or is this a brand new team? Can we trust uh... Baker? (laughs) <laughs> to lead to lead the Browns. I don't, I don't know if we can trust Baker, but I feel like just from the run game, I feel like we can trust Kevin Stefanski as the. Is head he coach. finally the head coach that's going to last more than a year? Ah, uh, that's that's hard to say. Um, man, that's hard to say because <laughs> you know the Browns have had this kind of success before you know just a little bit some some flashes some glimpses of you know what what talent they have on paper 
being translated into play on the field. But just as soon as we see that, it slips away. The Browns have scored 30 or more points in three straight games. That's unheard of. For the Browns, at least. Yeah, so... First time since 1968. That's, uh... Yeah. When when you put it that way, you know, maybe maybe it's possible. I Who mean, their only loss so far has been to the Ravens. I mean, okay, after four weeks, they went three and one. We're going to see where they end up. Do they make the playoffs? Who knows? And they're long in the drought of not making playoffs, but uh, it's going to be fun to see. I'm not a believer yet. I need a few more games, two, three more games maybe. Wins, preferably. And then we'll see where the Browns end up. But uh, it's looking good for the people in Cleveland, which they usually don't get that good of a luck when it comes to football. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Gina, general manager of Radio DePaul Sports. Hopefully <laughs> she uh, feels happy after that game. Uh, the other game we wanted to cover was the Patriots and Chiefs, which was the postponed game originally supposed to be on Sunday. Moved to Monday instead, and Bill Belichick had a surprise. Surprise, Bill Belichick. You don't get your starting quarterback as you're facing arguably the most dangerous team in the NFL. Yeah, but for the most part, the Patriots did pretty well. I mean, they contained the Chiefs because Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick, so he's going to figure out a way to score you, um, slow you down, and they contained them pretty well until towards the end when the Chiefs started scoring. Uh, I mean, they threw the pick six, so that that definitely it. That definitely did not help matters at all. <laughs> no, I believe, what was it like? The game was still reachable at that point, and then the pick six, pick six just, just killed all chances of it pretty much. I mean, the Chiefs were the first team in NFL history, which seems like they're always making history someday, every some week, to start four and zero in four consecutive seasons. So, it's the uh, it's the magic of Mahomes, Mahomes and Andrew Reid, that that new modern coach quarterback connection. But uh, yeah, the, I liked what the Patriots defense did with Bill Belichick he was able to contain Patrick Mahomes and you know if they weren't pressuring him and flushing him out of the pocket you know they were keeping him in the pocket and playing great coverage downfield so Mahomes just had to scramble away and you know tuck it out of bounds or just throw the ball away so I mean Mahomes' stat line wasn't even um that impressive, honestly. Just 19 out of 29, 236 for two touchdowns, but he didn't turn it over. That's the thing. Yeah. Speaking speaking of turning it over, that that one big play that had Bill Belichick absolutely furious. Now, um, uh, do you want me to cover this? Go ahead. All right. So this was, I believe, the second quarter the Patriots had the Chiefs on a third down 
and the Patriots defense closes in on Patrick Mahomes and one player has him in the grasp is what the, the referees called it. And before the whistle blew, a Patriots defender knocks the ball out of Patrick Mahomes hands and catches it before it hits the ground, starts running towards the end zone. And then the whistles blow and the refs, I believe called it a incomplete pass, even though, you know, Patrick Mahomes was in the grasp of a defender and he wasn't actually down. He, he wasn't in the grasp that long. I felt like he, he wasn't down and the ball was knocked out of his hands and picked up by a Patriots defender while it was still in the air. It never touched the ground. And <laughs> Bill Belichick was absolutely furious. And he's, you know, he yanks both of his masks down. He's yelling across the field at the refs. And Andy Reid goes, all right, cool. So while you're distracted, I'm going to punt it really quick <laughs> before anybody knows what happened. Wow. So, wait, so the ball, I, don't, I honestly don't remember the play. I may have not have. Because the Packers game was on at the same time, so I could have been – no, actually, the Packers was later. I didn't watch the whole game. I'm just putting it up there. I'm going to come clean. I didn't watch the whole game. But I watched bits and pieces of it. So the play you're describing here, the ball never actually touched the ground? No. It was it was picked out of the air after it was knocked out of Patrick Mahomes' hand by a Patriots defender. How do you call that a – Yeah. I I don't know. They I could see him calling it a sack if he's in the mm-hmm. grasp, and they wanted. I could see him calling it a sack on the Chiefs. I don't see him calling it a. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't. I have to watch the play, but just based on your description, I mean, honestly, really, incomplete pass. The ball okay, actually, the ground. Uh, let's see. Now, when I'm looking. Back at the play-by-play, it does look like they called it a sack. Yeah, they did call it a sack. That makes sense. That makes sense. I believe it was um, Tony Romo who was saying that he thought they called it a incomplete pass, and that's why they they blew it dead. But well, Romo's crystal ball was not working in that moment. Then (laughs) no, no, it was not. Honestly, I I see him calling it a sack. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, what shocked me was that. Andy Reid was able to get the offense off the field, get the punt team on the field, and punt the football before Bill Belichick could finish <laughs> chatting with the refs. Take um, advantage of the opportunity presented. Yeah, and and even even Tony Romo was shocked because during the broadcast, you know, the the Chiefs punt the ball, and Tony Romo is still trying to explain the previous play, and then the camera cuts to the ball bouncing after it's being punted and Tony Romo goes, wait a minute. How did they punt that football? It was just so quick, but uh, yeah, that was, I don't know. That was, I think the one controversial moment in this game that, you know, it could have given the Patriots the ball deep in chiefs territory with the opportunity to score, but instead, you know, this happens. That's uh, that's a life in the NFL. Yeah, 
and uh, Bill Belichick is not used to calls going against him. And he's also not used to such terrible quarterback play. I mean, Brian Hoyer is a veteran quarterback. He started for, you know, over a handful of teams in his long career. Yet he always finds a way back to New England. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I think Bill Belichick was regretting his choice because, wow, at the end of the second quarter, for the Patriots to have no timeouts, to be well within field goal range on a third down, to have Brian Hoyer drop back to pass, not see anybody open. Yeah, try and make magic and take a sack. Yeah, you texted you texted me right when that happened. Horrifying. You, you called you called that a rookie mistake. I was oh my god, I was devastated. And I wasn't particularly rooting for either the Patriots or the Chiefs. It was just such a terrible football play that I could not understand what happened. That that is one play that I did see that happened. And I mean he got replaced by Stidham later on in the game and he played decently well until he threw that pick six, so yeah, he uh, he he was trying to make the best out of a a situation that I feel like Brian Hoyer kind of dug the Patriots into a hole that they just couldn't get out of. We're gonna have to see what happens with uh, Cam Newton's COVID situation, and hopefully uh, he's good enough to come back next week. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to the. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this game. Another another uh, game of lots of frustrations. Uh, I understand. Cold set bears. Mm, where do we go? Okay. Bright spot. Defense. It's pretty good actually the whole game. We didn't allow a touchdown until after, except for the uh, the opening possession by the Colts. But offense, please. No run game. <laughs> no run game and no production I mean, from we, okay, the tight ends. We were, we were playing the number one rushing team, but that doesn't mean um, that doesn't mean you have to put up that type of numbers, though. I mean, there were there the were story just... with the Bears the whole season so far. I mean, glad we're three and one. I think we'll be pretty good the rest of the year, but it's like we have to improve in these different areas. Yeah, I feel like the Bears might have been missing a a sort of dimension without Trubisky, because Nick Foles is not a very good runner. You know, he's he's tall, he might have caught that pass um, in his, his fairy tale season with the Philadelphia Eagles, but you know, Nick Foles is not known for his mobility or his his scrambling. He's kinda kinda like Mike Glennon in that regard. So I feel like maybe they were missing that that still uh, much scramble ability. He's still much better than Mike Glennon though. Yeah, that's he's also much more accomplished as well. I mean the team only had twenty eight rushing yards the whole game. You can't win a game that way. At all. Yeah. It was the, the Bears rushing attack looked predictable, honestly. Kind of like how it was last season. 
Um, I mean, we played well the first three games running the ball, but it's like we regressed back to the old ways. I mean, it's one benefit, though, having a short week. I mean, we're playing tonight, so it's like. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be rough, I think, to have that so so quick of a, a turnaround you know you're you're facing one team you got a game plan for the next team i mean it's also i mean they're probably doing some multitasking when it comes to game planning spend more time in game planning than actual practicing doing more walkthroughs i mean that's usually the routine when it comes to a thursday night game but i mean it was also matt Nagy's first game ever really calling plays for nick Foles. i'm like maybe they got that rust out of the way and now they know what to um, improve upon for the next game. We can only hope. Um, defense kept us in the game the whole time. It's just that the offense really couldn't produce until the very end when the game really didn't matter. I mean, the game was never out of hand. Again, we only hold the Colts 19 points. It, it was in hand the entire game. But uh, when you only score a field goal and a touchdown, you're never going to win a game. And there are going to be games down the road when we definitely need that are that have much better offenses than the Colts do, where we're going to have to be putting up more points just to stay competitive. Like I want one game where the Bears can just take the lead and just stay there and not have to play catch up. And I hope that happens. Yeah, it's uh, it's a work in progress, I think, for the Bears, for sure. And um, let's go into the picks. I think we're coming to that point of the end of the show. And uh, so last week I went ten and five in my picks, and you went eight and seven. So I'm yes, <laughs> I formed another week, pretty good, and. Uh, I don't know what our overall records are at this point, but uh, I think you are maybe three or four games ahead of me. Well, I know my overall record. I don't know about what yours is. I'm at 43, 19 and one. I think I am at a uh, 40. Yes. I should be at maybe either 40 or maybe 41, 21 and one. All right, we're in that range. All right, so let's run through these games and pick our winners. Uh, first game, Bears and Bucks. Oh, no. Why do we have to start with this one, Bilal? Oh, it's the first game <laughs> of the week. Uh, my heart says Bears. My mind says Bucks. But Go with your heart. Let's go with your heart. Yeah, let's go Bears. All right, same here. I'm going to Bears. <laughs> uh, Bills and Titans. Ooh, we don't we don't even know if this game's gonna be played. Assuming uh, it is played. Assuming it is played, gonna have to go Bills. Same here. The Titans are a mess, even outside of the Corona. I mean, the Corona thing is a mess in general, and just that type of distraction. I don't know if you want to call it a distraction, but it's like situation. Yeah. The Bills are just a better team. Put it. Simple. Uh, Broncos at Patriots. Oh, 
Wow. Gotta gotta put this one on me, Boho. Uh mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Patriots here. I gotta go Patriots. Yeah, even no matter what quarterback the um Yeah, no matter what quarterback the Patriots are playing, I think they're still the better overall team because they do have Bill Belichick as their head coach. Uh Jaguars at Texans. Oh man. I I think I'm going to go Jaguars on this one just because the Texans feel like the more dysfunctional team and I don't know what they feel like with a, a new interim head coach. Mm, interesting. I'm actually thinking the Texans may get their first win of the year I and mean, they get rid of Bill O'Brien. That might be just the thing they needed. Maybe he was the problem and they got rid of the problem and they're going to win a game. I'm going with the Texans. Uh, Bengals at Ravens. I think I'm going with the Ravens. <laughs> oh, why don't I take the Bengals here? Good for you. <laughs> I I picked the Bengals last week and they got their first win. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. Gotta go Panthers. Same here, Panthers. Raiders at Chiefs. Ooh, let's go Chiefs here. I'm going to go Chiefs, yes. Uh, same here, Chiefs. Cardinals and Jets. Cardinals. <laughs> same here. I mean, I can't trust the Jets. Although the Cardinals haven't been – they haven't been doing very well after their hot start. But, uh, again, it's the, the Jets. Jets. Yes. <laughs> uh, who are we at? Oh, Eagles and Steelers. Ooh. Uh, Eagles were able to pull out a win against a really decimated 49ers team, but I'm going to go Steelers here. I am also going with the Steelers. Good. Uh, Rams at the Washington football team. Ooh. Oh, man. This is, this is an interesting one, but I think I'm going to go with Washington. Let's go with Washington. Yeah, no, I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> going with the Rams, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a good choice. Uh, Dolphins at 49ers. Ooh. I'm going to go with the 49ers here. But I feel like this might go either way. Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys. Dak is going to throw for 725 <laughs> yards and 10 touchdowns. And, and still lose. No, but this time he's going to win because I'm going with the Cowboys. <laughs> Colts and the Browns. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know about this game. The Browns have scored 30 points <laughs> in like three or four games in a row, and it's like – yeah, this this is going to be interesting because the Colts have, like you said, what the the number one rushing defense rushing in the league, defense. and the Browns have fielded a a pretty great rushing attack this season. So, uh, wow, I think I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. Same here, actually. I'm I'm going with the Browns. I. Again, like I said, I needed some proof from Baker, and I think this is the game to give it to us. Yeah, and uh, 
I think offensively, I like what the Browns offer more than what the Colts offer. Good enough. Um, Vikings at Seahawks. Got to go Seahawks. Yeah, the Vikings. The Vikings got their first win, I believe, last week, but they're still a very dysfunctional team. Uh, Chargers at Saints. I'm going to go Chargers on this one. I'm going to go Chargers here. (laughs) I'm going with the Saints. Justin Herbert almost pulled out a win against Tom Brady. But then Tom Brady throws five touchdown passes. That's that's true, too. But he Um, will not be doing that. (laughs) He will not be doing that tonight. Akeem Hicks will be there to make sure of that. Akeem Um, Hicks will be there to give Tom Brady a nice big hug. A bear hug. (laughs) A bear hug, yes. And then Khalil Mack will be there to finish anything anything, finish him up. They'll uh, they'll they'll create a pancake for Tom Brady instead Mm -hmm. of instead of making him a a pancake for breakfast. They will make him the pancake. Hopefully, hopefully have an appetite ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that game goes. That'll be interesting. All these games will be interesting, actually. Yeah, and hopefully the COVID situation doesn't get too out of hand. And um, yeah, so I think we that was a good show. Um, I think that's it. We had nothing else to exactly cover so uh thank you all for listening to the by the laces podcast and we'll be back next week with another show uh, enjoy the rest of your week don't forget to follow us on twitter at bill malik 15 and trent underscore cedo please stay safe and wear a mask especially if you're the tennessee titans